Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? I am actually really, really great. Um, I almost feel guilty saying that with like being postpartum and quarantine and all the things, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm really happy right now. (laughs) That's wonderful though. But you know, these are the stories that people need to hear because it's not all doom and gloom and you can be in your bubble and... Yeah, I feel like we're like getting in this groove now. So she's seven weeks old today and... Like I kind of know about when she's going to nap and eat and she's only waking up once at night. So it's like, I don't know. And she's like smiley and it's just wonderful. And I'm so glad I didn't have to go back to work at six weeks because you kind of miss all this. The first, the first six weeks, I feel like it is just like figuring it out and you know, they're just sleepy (laughs) and don't really have those personalities yet. So that's fantastic. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually doing a lot better than even last week. So yay to that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Nothing really. I, I always feel like I always say the same things with updates, but I do have one interesting, it's not interesting. My son and I were just <laughs> laying on the couch, just watching a show before he napped and he picked up the blanket and he starts, he's like, what is that? And it was a tick. <laughs> on the blanket. So now with this whole, like there was my my cat goes indoor outdoor and there was a bunny fiasco this week. I won't get into that, but it was a fiasco. (laughs) And now with this, I'm like, what do we do? Does the cat stay outside? I mean, I can get him a collar, but he always rips those things off. So that's like my thing right now. What do I do with the cat? (laughs) (laughs) And the ticks and the bunnies. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's been a week. (laughs) Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. The I don't know, just this time. I, I was thinking about the po- like being postpartum and being quarantined and I'm like there's so much that's so cool about them being together, which you never would have thought in a million years if you didn't have to do this. Like it's terrible, but um just the ability to do the Zoom calls like I, I don't know if this makes sense. It's not a well formed thought but so when you're postpartum normally you're like in this bubble and like have to do all your things at home and everybody else is out there like living their lives and not really slowing down um but what's been really cool is like just that everybody's doing these virtual things and I can be like oh do you want to play an online game for a half an hour and some like everybody's home on a Saturday night so you can just like you and I talked and I just walk with my baby on me and um, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. And I feel like there's something here and like, cause normally people would come over, but you feel like you have to clean and like not be in sweatpants, but now everybody's in sweatpants and <laughs> it's, <okay. laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't know. There's just something cool. Like I, I would almost recommend this when you're not in quarantine to like do more virtual stuff. Uh, cause I can just nurse a baby and hang out with my friends where, I don't know. Like you try to make it casual when you have people over postpartum, like, Oh, I'm not going to clean up, but like, you still kind of do. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then they like, even if they don't like, you're not cooking for them, but if they bring food, you still have dishes and like stuff to throw out. And I don't know. So I'm going to figure out something that would be helpful once quarantine's over for postpartum people. Cause yeah. It's been nice. Yeah. Do you You know how into games I am? Yeah, you are way more than me. (laughs) I think that was like one of our icebreakers from our first episodes. (laughs) It was. I'm like, what is wrong with you? All these games. (laughs) (laughs) 
So <laughs> it's fun though. No, it's, it's good. Well, I did um, want to say one more thing. We have um we've gotten a lot new of new reviews and listeners in the past few weeks. Uh, I think some people came on from some of the guests we had, but I just wanted to say thank you for everybody who's subscribing and reviewing. And if you love what we're doing and haven't subscribed or rated or reviewed, we would love it if you did that. But thank you to everybody who is, and we're so happy you're enjoying it. And please feel free to send us any questions. It doesn't have to be mom related, um, anything health, wellness, parenting, um, to nourished and nurturing at gmail.com. Yes. Yay. We okay. love you guys. Totally. <laughs> so appreciate it. All right. Are we ready? We're ready. We're ready. We have a guest with us today and I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, we have Hillary. Hillary spent eight years in corporate consulting before pursuing a career in nutrition. She's now a nutritionist who works primarily with prenatal and postpartum women. Through her business, Purposeful Plate Nutrition, she also provides consulting and content creation for companies in the health and wellness industry. Hillary is passionate about empowering people to make informed decisions about their health and wellness by always sharing the why behind her recommendations and creating creating competent and compelling content. (laughs) She holds a bachelor's in economics from W&J College, an MBA from Emory University, and is a certified nutrition consultant from Bowman College. Hillary is the mama to an adventurous and opinionated two-year-old son and a, and a loving old golden retriever. Staying active in the Colorado outdoors is what fills her cup. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We are awesome. so happy to have you. So Hillary and I met at the retreat I went to out in California, the Modern Mamas retreat. So, And we've been kind of working together for the last few months. This has been super fun. Yeah, that was an awesome way to meet and connect. And we roomed together. We got an Airbnb with some women. So yeah, it was like it was like summer camp all over again. Immediate best friends. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so. Um, so you guys have been working on a project together, correct? Yeah, we've like hinted to that mm-hmm. in a few episodes that we're we're working on resources for postpartum women and just trying to prepare ahead of time for that postpartum period. Cause it's just hard to see some of the stuff when you're in it. And I know I've been talking about this for weeks and weeks before I had the baby, like, okay, that postpartum's coming. I got to get ready because it just, it was really difficult with Connor. And now that I'm here, it's, I, I keep like waiting for the shoe to drop or whatever, but I'm seven weeks postpartum. I feel great. And it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be like that. Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely happy I prepared, but it's um, it's just wonderful to see a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the first ways we connected was like, wow, postpartum was rough. So Michelle was pregnant at the retreat. And I think that's how we connected was like, wow, that was really hard. And turns out, you know, everyone else in the conversation we were talking to was like, yeah, it knocked me down. Um, Which is, it's funny because no one talks about it until someone like, like, you know, makes it okay. And so I think that's how we first connected and then decided like, well, we probably ought to do something about this. Was that conversation kind of what sparked um, the inspiration behind creating this resource? I think the inspiration around... This resource actually was, we were talking about her being a guest on this podcast. And so what I normally do when somebody's going to be a guest, I look on their website. I want to have a conversation with them first to, to make sure that we kind of like have something to say together and we want to say the same message. So, cause you can't just tell from somebody's website, like, what do you want to say? So I'll say, oh, let's have a quick conversation and let's see if we jointly want to talk about something. And I think we talked for two hours. (laughs) We did. I know. It was crazy. So, and we just, we had a lot to say uh, on a lot of the same thing. So it it was kind of born out of that, which is really cool. And now, now we're recording our episode, but uh, we've spent longer preparing for this than I initially thought we would. (laughs) All right. So based on your nutrition knowledge and both of your postpartum experiences, um, what do you guys kind of see as the key component to postpartum recovery? Yeah. So I think there are a lot of kind of goals and challenges in, in postpartum, but 
One that always comes to mind, and it's the same in pregnancy, is blood sugar balance. So, you know, really balancing out and making sure that your meals and snacks have a good balance of protein, carbs, and fat. And that can be really hard in postpartum because you're not often sitting down to a full meal and you're, you know, trying to eat in these short windows. But it really does help your energy stabilization, your mood, um, your cravings, that kind of thing. And another that comes to mind, of course, is hydration, just keeping yourself well hydrated again for energy, for sleep. Obviously, you're recovering from being pregnant and from your labor and delivery, however that landed. So tissue repair is super important. Um, And then, of course, pregnancy can be really depleting and so can uh, labor and delivery. And so you want to really make sure that you're rebuilding all of those nutrient stores that got depleted during pregnancy because, you know, baby's pulling from them. Yeah. And some of the the other things are kind of this stabilization of the blood postpartum. So obviously you lose a lot of blood during birth and then you kind of build blood back up after that. But this is something I worked on a lot with my acupuncturist, just this time of the bleeding, which can be between two and five weeks that you're bleeding postpartum, you are actually, you want to get rid of all the things that you need to get rid of. So he was trying to promote more bleeding and more detoxification. So let's get rid of everything you need to get rid of in that first week. And then let's focus on rebuilding after that. So just making sure you have enough iron and um, can build back up after having that blood loss. And then there's obviously, if you're breastfeeding, maintaining a good milk supply. So there's a lot behind that. Uh, Hydration is obviously really important to making enough milk, but there's other nutrients and then potential things that you can supplement with to improve milk supply. And then emotional health is just a really big one. It's such a big problem that, again, I think we're not talking about enough, just postpartum anxiety or depression are extremely common and just things that we can do to support that ahead of time or during whether it's therapy or nutritionally like we talked about with our mental health episode enough proteins and that and I will just say on the blood sugar piece it's it's really touchy and I can say that even more now that I've been really conscious of this going through the postpartum period again because you do need a lot of starch for milk supply and you need the energy and you need the extra calories, but lack of sleep can make you crave just sugar. And if it's just the sugar you want, it's probably going to be the cyclical thing where now you're hungry in the middle of the night because you have these blood sugar dips and then you didn't sleep well. So you're going for more sugar. So that's kind of different. Like just needing extra carbohydrates throughout the day is different than these sugar cravings. Um, and it's a, it's a very delicate balance. Yeah, for sure. And it can get into to the vicious cycle, like you were saying, where one feeds the other. So doing what you can, even when you are having starch to balance it out with some, some fat and some protein to avoid that is really helpful. Yeah. Trying to put more of it at a meal rather than reaching for something sugary by itself, I think is, is a big thing. I love that. I really love that. It's just, it's all the foundational stuff that, you know, can apply, but it's so easy to just let that slip through your fingers postpartum. Oh my goodness. You are. You're so worried about your baby that you're like, it's fine. It's fine. I come second. Yeah. You're just, yeah. That whole like martyr thing just hits you pretty hard <laughs> when you become a mom. Well, it's interesting you say that too, because during pregnancy, I do feel like people are doing a lot of researching on what should I be eating? I should have fish twice a week or just supporting your body during pregnancy. But your body is getting your nutrients from your milk postpartum too. And there are nutrients that directly will result to more of that nutrient being in your breast milk. A lot of nutrients, it's your body will take, or your breast milk will take whatever it needs from your body. But there are some nutrients like vitamin D or DHA, where the more you eat in your diet, the more is going to be in your breast milk. So it is important to, to do these things postpartum too. And I don't feel like there is a lot of discussion around that. Like you still need to be eating fish twice a week uh, after you have your baby. And it's hard 
to cook fish twice a week. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do is make it easier to prepare ahead of time and make sure you're still getting these nutrients for your breast milk, for your recovery. Cause there are, there are unique needs during this time. Um, yeah. I, and I tell moms all the time, if you aren't willing to do it for yourself, then do it for your baby because it does impact your milk and, you know, there's not DHA in your breast milk unless you are consuming DHA. So if you're not willing to, or not, you know, not feeling like you have the capacity to nourish yourself, think of it as in the same way as when you were pregnant, that you're still nourishing another life through your milk. But really though, you're doing it for your baby too, even if it's just for your mood, <laughs> because <laughs> I can say a hundred percent, I am a better mother now that I am happy and have energy than I was when I was miserable and crying all the time. And uh, honestly, like fighting with my husband, like it didn't go that well the first time. And I can for sure see that I'm a better mom if I'm a better, if I'm taking better care of myself. So yeah, now it's, you have it's two. It's all for your baby. <laughs> yeah, and for your, you know, now you have another son too. So you're a better mom to both of them. And for sure, I would be a better wife. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems to come last. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Always. Why? Always after the babies. <laughs> okay. Um, Michelle, I know you touched on this just a, a little bit with the vitamin D and the breast milk, but let's get into some of the details in the nutrient content. So what are some of the key nutrients or the most important nutrients and types of food that you want to be focusing on during this time? Yeah, so I can start with that. I think the first one to talk about is calcium. And that's one you actually don't hear about a lot in the postpartum period. And that's partially because the amount that you need actually doesn't change. Um, But the difference is that it is transferring to your breast milk. And baby comes first. So baby's going to take whatever he or she needs and leave you with what's left. So if you're not consuming what you both need, that thousand milligrams, then you are going to suffer some bone loss, bone density issues. Um, and that can be really hard to rebuild when you're, especially, you know, later in life in your thirties. So that one's really important just to make sure that you are having enough. And I know a lot of moms skip out on dairy because they're worried about you know, how it's going to impact baby. So definitely focusing on calcium and and trying to get that into the diet, I think is really important. Um, Anything to add there, Michelle? No, I think that's good. Um, Yeah. And uh, continuing to take your prenatal is obviously a good idea. Like a lot of this stuff will be in your prenatal, but the prenatal should supplement a nutrient dense diet. It's not a it cannot replace it. <laughs> it's, it's, um, a lot of times it's not going to absorb as well as food. It's kind of just this, in case you're missing something major, the prenatal will fill in that hole. So I, I would say, don't just count on, oh, I'm already getting this in pre- my prenatal. I don't need to consume any in my food. Um, definitely. And definitely check your prenatal too, because not all of them have the full amount of calcium that you need. So just definitely check the labels because prenatals vary a lot in, you know, some of them contain calcium and DHA and some of them don't, some of them contain choline. So definitely look at the label and don't assume that the prenatal that you picked, you know, has everything that we're talking about. And I think something that is more difficult that we get into as nutritionists, but the the general population is not going to know about is these minerals bind to something in a supplement. So you'd see like calcium citrate as a supplement. So it's bound to something else and your body has to break down that bind to be able to use the calcium in your body. And they are not all created equal. And sometimes if your digestion is a little flawed, it's hard to to be able to use that calcium. Um, And that's why we've talked about like just having really expensive pee from some vitamins. It's because you're not able to, to break these apart and use them. So just in terms of calcium, that's one where a lot of the cheaper forms of supplements are actually not usable at all by your body because of what they're bound to. Um, So that's just another kind of tidbit. (laughs) Yeah. And one more thing I'll add to on the calcium is if you do dairy, definitely go for the grass fed sources of milk and cheese. I know they are more expensive and you might not be used to having them, but 
grass-fed sources do have a more even lower ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids and higher ratio there can lead to inflammation, which is definitely not something and not something you ever want, but particularly in postpartum when you're working to bring down inflammation in the body. Um, it is definitely important to, to focus on those really high quality sources. This is one time you can justify the additional expense, especially. Yeah. And so something similar, another mineral is iron, which we talked about with the blood. Um, while you're creating more blood and while you're bleeding, you're, you're losing iron. So continuing to take that in is very important. So it's important during pregnancy because you're, you're adding more blood, but it continues to be important postpartum. Um, and then with iron, we've talked about this on the podcast too, but um, heme iron is the type of iron from animal products. So red meat, organ meats, bone marrow versus non-heme iron, which is the iron in like leafy greens or chocolate. That heme iron is a lot more bioavailable. So you're able to absorb it better from what you take in. So that's, uh, whether it's a supplement or whether it's food, you want that heme iron. And I, I bought a heme iron supplement because I thought that oh, I eat lots of meat and it's, I eat a lot of ground beef and it's from pasture-raised sources. I have plenty of iron. I eat organ meats and I was slightly anemic at the end of my pregnancy. So now I've been taking um, about 30 milligrams of a heme iron supplement every day in addition to <laughs> all the meat and everything we just said. So. Yeah. And something too important there is if you look up the recommendation for the amount of iron that you need postpartum, it's actually, it's only nine milligrams, which is really low. It's actually lower than a normal woman. And that's because the regulations assume that you're, you don't have a period when you're postpartum. So you don't need the extra iron. So normally for a woman in her thirties, the recommendation is 18 milligrams. When you're pregnant, it goes up to 27 and then it drops to nine, which is crazy. But if you look at, you know, European recommendations, or if you just, use your brain and realize that you have postpartum bleeding and, you know, all of these other things and probably some anemia, like Michelle said, if, you know, she's eating tons of meat and she still was slightly anemic, um, you need to rebuild that, that level. So just take that for what it's worth and probably targeting a level of iron every day that's more similar to pregnancy is, is, is smart. And if you look at, like I said, other, country's recommendations, they are more in line with that. They're more around like 25 milligrams. So definitely don't always uh, believe those types of recommendations. Yeah, I did not know that. But I would say, yeah, at least until you're done bleeding and um, probably a little bit longer than that, like rebuild, and then you could probably go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, you can use your energy as a guide too. I know that that it's kind of funny to say when you're sleep deprived and a new mom to use energy as a guide, but you know, there are, there are symptoms of having low iron. And so if you're feeling some of those, then, um, you know, like the fatigue and that type of thing, then that can be a signal that maybe you should boost, boost the iron a bit. Also, if you have a craving to chew ice, um, and this is weird. I I've never heard of anybody else getting this, but I have this craving to like move air across my tongue. Like I like stick my tongue out and breathe and make it like dry. And I think it's the same kind of thing. Like your tongue can get inflamed when you're low in iron. So it's like the ice kind of uh, brings the blood away from the tongue, but the same thing with like the moving air. So just in case anybody else has that really weird <laughs> symptom <laughs> of low iron, but I can tell when my iron gets low, which is weird. Um, but yeah. Heart palpitations too. I learned Okay, um, low iron thing. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So listen to your body is, is the message there for sure. It's probably telling you something. Yeah. Yeah. So collagen is another important nutrient that this is something you want immediately postpartum because it's going to help with the repair of the tissues. So whether you've had a C-section and you've had a major surgery and need to rebuild the skin there, or you had a vaginal birth where some things get stretched out. <laughs> I think <laughs> I seem to recall. Um, you need to to rebuild that back to maybe not quite where it was before, but as close as we can. <laughs> 
but and then just um even just your skin shrinking back down to like avoid you know just allow your skin to be elastic the the collagen is going to help with that so that you can get that in a supplement which those have been really popular like the collagen peptides but any kind of meat cooked with the bones um like chicken thighs or a pork shoulder with the bone in it that's going to have the collagen so you'll notice if you cook them and refrigerate them they'll have that like gelatin in the tupperware after that so that's what that collagen is and then bone broth where you're actually cooking the bones and the kind of connective tissue. Yeah, it's collagen is super nourishing and bone broth too, like getting into just the way that it, I mean, it's just so warming and it just feels so comforting, which is kind of a sign too. I think that it's just a really useful food in the postpartum phase. And gelatin really is the same, uh, the same protein. It's just in a larger chain so that would be the same kind of thing like if you wanted to make some gummies at home or or things like that it it has that same that same nutrients in it but it's hard to get a lot of it (laughs) and you can you can cook with it too if you're not up for you know gelatin gummies or or just you know sipping it (laughs) not everyone's into that but yeah you can definitely cook with it and you still get the benefits too Mm -hmm. And then, so we've talked about DHA and vitamin D, but um, DHA is a type of omega-3 and the best sources are going to be from fish, like fatty fish, like salmon versus you'll hear a lot about like flax seeds having omega-3, but the conversion of the type of omega-3 that is in those plant sources to DHA is pretty poor. Yeah, it's so, like 3.8% from ALA to DL, DHA. Okay. So yeah, it's better to just consume the foods that have DHA already in them, like salmon. Um, and then vitamin D, again, is something that directly is going to get supplemented to the baby in a way. Like uh, if you increase your vitamin D, it's going to increase the vitamin D in your milk. So sun, which is not always an option. (laughs) Um, And then salmon, like the skins actually have quite a bit of vitamin D. Salmon eggs, that's kind of what I use almost as a supplement. And because vitamin D is fat soluble, it's not like you have to take it every day, like a B, B vitamin. You could have a bunch of, what I do is kind of like have a bunch of salmon eggs every three weeks to build it up a little bit. Um, just because they're expensive and once you open them, you have to eat them pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, and then just regular egg yolks have vitamin D and then other, other supplements you could take. And vitamin D also helps with calcium absorption. So that's a good one too, to Mm -hmm. pair up. And then I'll just go back to DHA for a minute because I feel super passionate about this Okay, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, um, no, I just feel really strongly about this one because I think it's one of those things that can be easily skipped over. And like you said, it is not, fish is not the first thing you think about making for a postpartum meal, but it really is very critical to your baby's brain development and also just to your own brain health. And it really has been studied a lot around postpartum depression as well. So that's, it's just, it's definitely one that you have to be thoughtful about. If you're not eating that fish, then definitely consider a high quality supplement And again, this is one you definitely want to do for you and the baby because those first two years of the baby's life and actually starting in the third trimester of pregnancy, the baby's brain is developing and it it requires a good amount of DHA. I love that. And yeah, just if you're interested in doing the salmon eggs thing, it's high in DHA and vitamin D. I've just found it easy. They don't taste great, but it's... I love that. You do? <laughs> of course you do. I know. Like, I get like so jealous. You're like eating your sardines and I'm like, oh, I wish I liked them. <laughs> but um, so I don't like them. I take a spoonful and bite down a couple times and then basically take a chaser <laughs> of like my coffee breakfast and um do you get the where do you get them Marissa? Vital choice. Yeah I get the vital choice ones too. So they make different sizes. Um they're they're expensive but I'll buy the bigger trays and cut them into 
like single serving type of deals. Oh, that's smart. Because um, really you don't have that long to eat them once you thaw them. I know. I was getting the jars and then I just felt like we were, you know, every morning, just here's your tablespoon, here's your tablespoon. Just going through yeah. It like but the, yeah. yeah, the jars, the jars are really expensive. So of course, you know, me, I'm like looking at how many ounces they are and dividing it and cut, like pricing out the price per ounce and the big tray, the trays that have the dividers are a really good value. And you can just like cut them with scissors and take one, one of the sections out at a time. Well, I'm totally so. doing that next time. Good yeah. tip. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. And so is kind of loading up and, and batching it up because you're right at vitamin D stores. So yeah. yeah, smart. Yeah. And I just got all my blood work from my midwife. So we'll see. I, I'm vitamin D is something I'm testing again. Uh, I tested it twice during my pregnancy. I'm testing it again now. And just to see where that's at in terms of supplementing, but, and then choline, how strongly do you feel about choline? (laughs) (laughs) Similarly, similarly to DHA, similar benefits, right? It's good for the brain, Mm -hmm. um, cognition, memory, that kind of thing. But yeah, so I mean, the big, the big thing there too, I think that I I feel strongly about is DHA. You don't hear talked about neither do you with choline and they're often not in prenatal vitamins, which, you know, so you really do need to get it from your diet. And the big one with choline is eggs, or I should say egg yolks for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Eat the yolks. There's no choline in the white. There's not much of anything in the white. Um, So yeah, one egg yolk has like 150 milligrams about, I think of choline. And so in pregnancy, the recommendation is 450 milligrams. So that's like three eggs a day. That's, that's a lot. Um, and then it actually bumps up a little bit in postpartum because again, you are sharing it with you and baby and it is necessary. So, um, and I've even heard in pregnancy, there's some studies that show that you really need like 900, um, yeah. which is a lot. So my prenatal has 250 milligrams I think I read that an egg yolk has 125. I'm sure it depends on the size of the egg. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's really hard to get to that 900. And just, I guess this is another tip, something I do. I don't know that I want to recommend it, but I do eat raw egg yolks in my, basically like a decaf coffee smoothie every morning. I If I ever buy eggs from the grocery store, like no matter what it says on the box, I'm not doing that. I'm not eating them raw. But if I can talk to my farmer and my farmer is delivering it to my door and I know, you know, I can talk to them, ask, have you ever had any salmonella in your eggs? Um, Just ask these questions of them. And I feel really confident of the source um, that I will do that. And I put them right into the hot coffee because I feel like maybe it would kill a little. But (laughs) um, so that's something I feel comfortable doing even during pregnancy and postpartum. And it does get me like those two egg yolks right away in the morning. So then every other egg I eat after that is kind of in addition. Um, So again, I don't, you know, it's Food safety regulations are a lot based around these factory farms. Um, And eggs don't just have salmonella, like diseased chickens have salmonella, and then they have eggs that have salmonella. So it's one of those things that it's common in eggs, but it's not necessarily there. So I don't know how you guys feel about raw egg yolks. Um, but that's something I've researched and I'm comfortable with and it helps me get that extra choline. Yeah. I think, you know, in your case, if you're talking to your farmer and you're knowing the source and you're, you're getting comfortable with it yourself versus just buying them off the shelf and crossing your fingers, that's, that's a whole different story. Um, funny, actually my like funny thing with choline and eggs is when I, before I knew I was pregnant, um, like in that kind of two week wait, when I was waiting to find out it was June and really hot and we were on a hike and my husband asked what I wanted for dinner. And I was like, I'm really craving scrambled eggs. And like, he was like, I was thinking like burgers, like I was thinking maybe we could grill. And I ate scrambled eggs I think three days in a row. So I swear my body was telling me something because then I found out that I was pregnant and I was like, 
see, I don't know. I wanted scrambled eggs for dinner. I don't, I don't know why, but my body must have known that it needed some choline. <laughs> That's funny. Laura Bruner said the same thing in her first trimester. Like that was like all she could eat, which um, maybe, maybe you knew. Yeah, I don't know. So, so I think those are the biggies. Yeah. And those are what we're really trying to focus on in our recipes, just making sure that you can get these key nutrients in in really easy ways. Uh, we're not going to have you cooking elaborate meals every night, <laughs> which is kind of, so that's, that's kind of the trick around this is you have these, you have more nutrient needs postpartum, you need more calories in general, but you have less of a capacity to cook. So it's like, it, it feels like if you haven't prepared ahead of time, it feels like, okay, something's got to give. I've either got to eat more of crappy foods or, um, or just kind of like get by. <laughs> um, or if you're going to cook, like it just doesn't seem like it goes that far. So we were trying to solve this problem. Um, and also your, your meals just kind of look different. Um, you tend to snack more, I think, in terms of it is harder, especially in those very early days, to sit down and have a meal when you have a baby and potentially another kid or just other things going on. Um, I've been fortunate with my husband being home, even now that he's gone back to work, that gives it gives us a little bit more of a, like, he comes up for lunch type of thing. But a lot of times it's just you and you get these pockets of like 15 minutes. <laughs> so, um, and then, like I said, you might also want more starch. So your meals look a little bit different. Like we, uh, I was eating chili when I was pregnant and then postpartum, it's like, oh no, I need them over like we'd make fries in the air fryer. And it's like, okay, now we're making chili cheese fries because I need all this starch in addition to the meat. So that might not be something you're prepared for either is that your meals might look a little bit differently than they did before having the baby. Was that kind of um, what you guys were thinking whenever you were developing this or was there anything else that kind of inspired the creation of the this project? I think for me, one of the big things was I had in my head what, what I normally ate and what a definition, both in quantity and and um, quality and kind of what my definition of healthy and balanced was. And that that's all correct and true, but your needs change. I mean, there are really specific needs during postpartum and I was eating a lot more. I was craving a ton more fat and I already was eating fat, um, quite a bit of fat and just, you know, these specific nutrients to help with the healing. I think I wasn't focused on that. I was just focused on what's convenient. And, you know, I did have a bunch of stuff in my freezer, but we blew through it in no time. And I didn't think as much about like, okay, well, if I'm making a big casserole or something to reheat, then do those, are those leftovers good? And, you know, just thinking through the whole process of how life was going to shake out. I wasn't really thinking, um, about that whole, <laughs> that whole, how it's all going to play out. And so I think now being really thoughtful now that we've both been through it and realizing like, if I were to do this again, this is how I would do it. And then sharing that with people and making it really easy because it's just, it's really overwhelming, honestly, like you're already getting ready for baby and that's overwhelming and you're preparing your life. You're preparing for maternity leave and all these things that you're going to need and potential visitors. And I mean, there's so much to think about that. I mean, any mom just, you kind of throw what you need to the wayside and you're like, I'll figure that part out. But we're really trying to make it easy for, for you to, to take care of yourself postpartum and do kind of the hard work of the planning and the prepping and figuring out what you need so that you're not like, oh shoot, did I eat? this this week? Did I get some iron today? Did I, you know, it's, it's kind of all done, made easy for you so that you can just kind of relax and spend your time with your baby and feel good that you're nourishing yourself and your baby. Well, and that's even like the, did I get iron today? These are, we're nutritionists and it's still hard to keep track of that. Like mm -hmm. for other people who didn't necessarily study what's in all these foods, it's even harder because you don't know where to get iron or where to get choline. Like, so we're kind of doing that work 
uh, in terms of the planning for you and identifying this is a, a recipe that's high in collagen so that you don't have to remember, wait, where do I get collagen again? Um, but just to that, I will say that I was also a little, I don't know if cocky is the right word, but like my pregnancy went really well with my son. And I was just like in this place of like, oh, I eat better than so many people. Like, look at you with your breads and your, you know, I was like, oh, I'm paleo. I'm going to be fine. And this is all you need to not like avoid any issues. So my pregnancy went really well and I didn't have a lot of the the common issues that people complain about. And I just assumed postpartum wouldn't be an issue either. And I did almost nothing to prepare because I was like, oh, you'll see, I'll be, I'll be fine. And uh, cooking and totally doing my normal things. And I, I'll have six weeks off, like <laughs> I'll, I'll get so much done. And that was not at all the case. It really just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just didn't know. I, I didn't expect it, I guess, is all I can say. Yeah, I totally agree. I felt like pregnancy was not easy, but that I, you know, easy relative to what you hear from a lot of people. And I really thought very little of postpartum. I thought my baby's going to be here and we're going to snuggle and it's going to be great. And yeah, it, it really kicked me down hard. And so definitely want to prevent that again and, and help prevent others from having that same experience and just prioritizing your own health for sure. I, I didn't do it the first time around, which is I mean, it is embarrassing looking back on it. I was in nutrition school at the time and I still screwed it up. So, <laughs> so, you know, so if if I screwed it up, a person who was studying nutrition at the time that I was, you know, having a baby, then I can't imagine how overwhelming and confusing and hard it would be for, you know, someone who's working, you know, any other type of job, not not in the nutrition world. I remember for me personally, I was, I got into that whole nesting phase and I was preparing all these meals and I was like pulling from all these different just websites and blogs and the things that, you know, there was not one comprehensive resource that I found anywhere that had all this uh, information in there. And then I would be like, okay, well, we'll have this tonight, pull it out of the freezer and then it's gone. And then all of a sudden you're through all this stuff and it's like, okay, well, what next? So I'm really excited about this selfishly because... Um, yeah, it was, it was hard. And I was, I was the same boat as you. I was going through um, the NTA at the time. I was going through the nutrition school and it was just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? <laughs> so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's our hope. And I, I guess just one other thing on the changes in food needs postpartum, there's this, this concept and it's more in Eastern medicine, medicine than Western medicine. Like we don't really have this concept here, but this like idea of warming um, that you want to bring blood and warmth back to your center because you've lost so much. Um, So a lot of the like Ayurveda or um, Chinese medicine, like they don't recommend raw foods postpartum because they can be like, they take heat from your body to essentially cook them in your stomach, if that makes sense. So you, if you have a warm soup, your body doesn't have to warm it up to digest it. But like, if you're eating a cold raw apple, it takes more energy from your body to bring your blood up to your stomach and, and do that digestion. So I'm kind of trying to translate it into a Western idea, but um, that's kind of the idea. And then they have other things like, like, yoga poses you can do to bring that blood and energy back to your middle but that's something and then also like some herbs that you can use like cinnamon or ginger that are really warming so we're incorporating some of that into our into our recipes too just um just like bringing that element of warmth back and that was something I definitely had postpartum is like getting random chills um it wasn't too many times but I do remember once it was so bad calling my midwife and um, so yeah, that was just something we wanted to incorporate and those flavors are awesome anyway. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Love it. Anything else that you, either of you would like to share about this or anything in general? Yeah, I think just some of the ideas around the types of meals we wanted to prepare 
the ideas basically are we want things that you can either completely freeze ahead. So that would be a completely finished meal that you just had to warm up. So you can make a soup and freeze it in a like a half gallon glass jar and then you take it out and it's ready to go. And I will say 100%, like we were recipe testing before I had my baby and those were the first things to go is these big things of soup and it was wonderful. (laughs) So then there's other like fully made meals, like a casserole that you can buy these kind of disposable casserole pans, assemble the casserole, freeze it, and then just put it in the oven postpartum. So that's the casseroles are nice because it really can be four to six meals in one pan that you have ready to go. So if you don't share with your husband, (laughs) it can last you a while. Um, And then there's also the like crock pot thing. So I would consider these partially frozen meals where you're um, you put all of the ingredients into a gallon freezer bag and then you're going to thaw that and put it in a crock pot day of, um, and just do the final heating for dinner. So if you're pre-browning meat, putting all the ingredients together, it's kind of just that last crock pot cook to get all the flavors together, warm it up. So that's really easy. That was something I did with chili. I froze that. And again, it was super easy to just put it in the crock pot that day. And then another like partially frozen thing would be um, a meal where you just brown the meat and the veggies. So you cook, like, let's say when you're cooking a recipe, like the onions, the potatoes, the the meat, whatever you're kind of doing that first cook on, you're going to stop there and freeze it. And then you can do the rest of the recipe the day of. So it turns what could be a more complex recipe into something that's really quick postpartum. Like you, you thaw that, then you add the eggs or whatever the, the ingredients are later. So it becomes a five minute meal. So it's not completely done, but it becomes a super quick meal. And then, um, we also have larger batch meals that you can cook, like fully do them postpartum, but it would last a long time. So like a big pot of oatmeal, like oats are good for uh, lactation, but it's also like a good source of energy. You can put those warming herbs in there, like the cinnamon, um, you can put some healthy fats in there. And so that's something that you cook in a large batch. And then there's also just a lot of like simple recipes. So the way we kind of froze it is it's like, um, like the bar is what our husbands can cook. <laughs> like something that you can give your husband say, it's only three ingredients. Can you make this? Um, it's not going to be complex or something that requires a lot of cooking skills. So that's kind of the other idea is like, let's make quick meals or something you can send to somebody and say, can you make this for me? Or can you pick up these three things? And one thing we're doing with that is we're using spice blends in our recipes so that it's just like literally the chicken can be two ingredients. It's chicken thighs, this one spice blend, coat it and cook it. Um, just, which is a little more expensive to buy spices that way, but it's definitely worth it in this time to use one thing rather than four. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we go through all of that. Like we have recipes for all those different things and how to store them, like what, what to buy for the glass jars for the soups, how to freeze them, how to reheat them after freezing. So it kind of goes through that whole process. And then what we have is like a prep day. So here, if you're pregnant and you want to prep all these postpartum meals, okay, we're going to, we're going to put, we're going to prep these 10 things in one day and here's all the ingredients you need. And here's how you can make them all in one day, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then there's snacks too, like muffins or lactation balls or cookies that you can freeze. That would be in the freeze totally ahead category, but they're also just snacks that I really eat frozen. I'll, I'll pull a frozen cookie or a frozen lactation ball out of the freezer and just eat it like that. So. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely we're really thoughtful about 
what we what we could recall of postpartum and how we would want to use these things. And then our timing has been great because Michelle's like hands-on testing certain things as we go and kind of taking notes and we're tweaking and thinking like, okay, well, we don't want to have only freezer meals because we recognize that not everyone has a giant freezer, right? So let's have some quick and easy meals and let's have some quick and easy things to do that use, you know, pantry staples because you're probably not going to the store all the time, especially if you're giving birth under quarantine like Michelle did. So um, yeah, we're really trying to be thoughtful about kind of all those little details to make it super easy and kind of all packaged up in one place. It's going to be so helpful for so many women. <laughs> oh my gosh. You you will uh, get to test it for us if you have another baby. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. But it is it is like really cool working on this while going through the postpartum and the end of pregnancy because A, it was wonderful having all these frozen meals when quarantine hit and the shelves were empty. But B, there, there has been some tweaks. I'm like, oh, I think... And you said you craved more fat, Hillary, postpartum. I'm craving more starch. And I think that's because I tend to eat like not totally keto, but more of a high fat, low carb diet. Mm-hmm. And I somewhat kept that up during pregnancy, but I, I wasn't restricting carbs. And then postpartum, I think I just needed the starch. So um, so that might be something where you're just kind of balancing out till you need all of the macronutrients. Yeah, for <laughs> postpartum. sure. <laughs> So when is this delightful resource coming out and where can we find more information about it? Yeah, so we we don't have a specific date, but we're targeting fall, this fall, so 2020. And if you want more info on it or if you want to stay kind of connected with updates, you can sign up. We'll, I think you can put the, the link we'll provide you and you can sign up, put your email in, your due date in if you have one or your kiddo's age if you have one and you'll get all the scoop on, you know, specific timing and how and where you can buy it. And then we'll be having a group that can test some recipes beforehand. So if we're opening up to this to a beta group, put your, put your email in there. So you're the first to hear about that. And we do have a, a freebie that you will get if you sign up for our email updates. Yeah, for sure. And then for me, you can follow me on my website, Purposeful Plate Nutrition, and then the same name for Instagram, Purposeful Plate Nutrition. And then for, for both of us, we did start a Facebook group where we just have some some chatting and banter <laughs> on all things pregnancy and postpartum. And that's called Purposeful Pregnancy and Postpartum. So you can search that. So yeah, stay connected with us there. Yeah, we are super excited. And we just think it's going to be like you said, such a wonderful resource that isn't out there. And we really looked after we had this idea, we're like, how does that not already exist? And it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. All the pieces are there somewhere, but you really have to dig hard for it. (laughs) Well, Hillary, thank you so much for being here. This was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to chat with you both. Yeah, this was fun. So. And we will talk to you guys next week. All right. See you guys. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you like what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.